In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There are two times in the Gospels where Jesus feeds large crowds. The first one, Jesus uses that opportunity of the hungry crowd to test the faith of his disciples. We hear that story every year in the season of Lent. You'll remember that he asked Philip, where are we to buy bread for all of these people to eat? Philip scoffs at the question. 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough to feed these people, even for them to get a little. Andrew answers in despair. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? These responses show that the disciples at that point in Jesus' ministry did not yet understand who they were dealing with. In short, they had failed the test that Jesus had placed before them. Today, we're dealing with the second time Jesus fed a large crowd, and it's important to realize that because it means this is the second time that the disciples have been through this particular kind of miracle too. I'd like to take a closer look at how the disciples responded this time around. First, Jesus sees the great crowd that followed him. They had followed him for three days out into the wilderness, hearing him preach the word of God. And he says, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from far away. Jesus here identifies the problem. The crowd had probably brought some supplies with them, but they were now out of what they needed to survive, and making a return trip home was now something that was going to be dangerous for many of them. If we don't read this section carefully, it's easy to think of this simply as a retread of the feeding of the 5,000. In fact, some liberal Bible scholars actually teach that, that this story that's included in the Gospels is simply a repetition of the previous story with some of the, the details changed in order to prove that the, the scriptures contain some mistakes. However, if you notice how the disciples react this time, you see that there has been some maturity that has happened with them. Philip doesn't scoff at the problem or the question this time. Andrew does not throw up his hands in despair. Not even St. Peter gets in the act and puts his foot in his mouth. They respond. How can one feed this people, these people, with bread here in this desolate place. Now that translation is pretty good, but the Greek might be better rendered as, how can anyone feed these people here with bread in this desolate place? In other words, the disciples are saying, we can't do it. Dear saints, this week I had an encounter with the financial situation of our congregation that rather startled me. 
We publish the checkbook balance, as you know, in the, in the bulletin every week, and I was aware of the fact that we'd been running a deficit. I knew that many of our other funds were helping create enough cash flow so that we could pay the bills, but then I had a call from our treasurer and, a head trustee, and the head trustee about utilizing the line of credit that we'd authorized last fall. The treasurer helped put some flesh and blood on the situation as it really stood. He told me about what we needed to pay our portion for our Lutheran Central budget con contribution this month, the parsonage payment that was getting ready to come out, and he likes to point out that healthcare costs are expensive. I considered then the stack of bills that I get in the mail each week that I put into his box, and it hit me that our financial house is not in order. And I'll admit it to you, as I admitted to my wife, that I panicked. I tried to think about all the ways that I could solve this problem. I looked at how much was in our savings account. I thought about the last paycheck that I got that I still haven't taken to the bank. It was almost as if I was playing the role of St. Andrew at the feeding of the 5,000. What is our family's cash reserves for such an immense amount of debt? It wasn't a good night for me, truth be told. And I'd actually, by that point, had forgotten much of what I'd read and even preached from the Word of God from this very pulpit. On Friday, then, I went to visit a man who was dying. One of the weird things about being a pastor is that you often walk away from visits like that comforted and encouraged. I read to him the promises of God that he had made to this man. I preached to him that God knows our needs and that both Christ and the Holy Spirit intercede for us before the heavenly throne. I pointed out that no amount of suffering or pain or even death could separate that man from the love of God because it was secured for him in the crucifixion of Jesus. It was a visit that was full of joy because we knew that God had saved us by his grace, that he'd forgiven us our sins, and he was going to bring both of us to himself whenever our time in this world was finished. Then the man, after I was done talking, reminded me of what St. Paul says in Romans chapter 8. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through this spirit who dwells in you. In you. What's a little ironic about that is that I cannot tell you how many times I paraphrased that passage from this pulpit during the pandemic in order to encourage you to drive the fear out of your hearts. We have a God who can raise the dead. Suddenly, the fear that I had felt on Thursday night was put into some pretty serious perspective. 
people loved by God. We hear stories of God's saving power week in and week out, year after year in this place, going back to your fathers who founded this congregation. You hear them as you read and study the Bible on your own or in families or in Bible study. And the point is this, when the disciples asked the question, how can anyone feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? They had learned that with man, with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. They knew by this point that they had a God who could raise the dead. They knew that this man could feed the crowd with nothing more than a few loaves of bread and some small fish. In our gospel reading today, the disciples show what the Christian faith is. It is trusting that Jesus is going to provide for all of our earthly needs. And Jesus doesn't disappoint. With seven loaves of bread and, and a few small fish, Jesus fed this crowd not just to give them a little, but until they were satisfied. Even more so, when they picked up the broken pieces that were left over, they had seven baskets full. By the way, the Greek word for the basket here is the same word that is used to describe the basket that St. Paul was lowered down out of a window in Acts chapter 9 so that he wouldn't get addressed. This is a big basket. Seven of them. People loved by God. Christ Jesus knows the needs of his people. He knows the needs of his church. He knows your needs. God knows what you need even before you ask him. Therefore, you don't need to worry about the essentials of this life, food, drink, clothing, because your father knows that you need them all. He knows what you need to do to survive because he is the one who created you. He knows what we need to do the work that he's given us to do here. He knows what we need, even as gas and food and all of the prices of everything continue to rise. He knows because he created us and because in Christ Jesus, he became like you in the incarnation. As we confess in the creed every week, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand where he governs all things for your good. And so... Therefore, I encourage you to remember our Lord's gracious compassion and provision for you individually, but also for his church. Christ Jesus takes what we have and multiplies it in his hands as he graciously gives us all things. As St. Paul says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also give us all things. So don't be like the disciples were at the feeding of the 5,000. Don't be like I was last week. Here, we can actually look at our brothers, the disciples, as a model of what the Christian faith is and does.
that it trusts in Christ's care and provision for his people. Jesus gives abundantly. So let's do the work that he's given us to do with boldness and with confidence. What can my offering do? Nothing. Nothing by itself. What is it so, what is it in, in, in such a face of a great need like this? Instead, let's not be like Andrew, but let us consider what Christ has done with just a few loaves of bread, a few fish, and trust him to do what is good. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.